who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know, You'll see what they show up for, and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show, hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin is available wherever you get your podcasts. The Winter Olympics just feel gay in general to me. I don't... It's the figure skating. It's the yeah. skating. It's it is the, the skating. The dancing. And the jackets. It's the yeah. jackets. It's, <laughs> it's mostly the finger skating. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that wants to remind you to check your lover's pulse before setting them on a funeral pyre. I'm Carolyn Bergier. So important. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with actors Jasmine Savoy and Liv Hewson about the homo schedule. And if you didn't understand Carolyn's opening line, you've got some yellow jackets to catch up on. You must. You must watch it. Uh, so... So good. And we'll talk about it in addition to talking all about the homo schedule and what that is and why you should all know about it. But first, we are begging of you, please leave us a belated Valentine love letter in the form of an Apple podcast review. Five stars. It helps people find us. It's a good deed for the queer community. Dare I say it's on the homo schedule. It sure is. Uh, Also, you can join our Patreon now with Discord. We love Discord. We today we're talking about uh, Oscar nominated movies that we're watching. I watched The Lost Daughter on Netflix. Still got to see that. Highly recommend. And I will very quickly say that there there are some queer undertones to it and you keep being like, is this going to get gay? So a lot of um, queer suspense, we'll say, and other kinds of suspense. And finally, we will be back at Stonewall February 28th. That is the last Monday of the month for our comedy show. 
Yes, keep an eye out on Instagram for our lineup and our link to ticket sales. It sold out pretty fast last time. So they go fast. Yeah, make sure you're following us at Diking Out where we will have that. Turn on notifications for our posts. Try that. Yes. Because I feel like we're shadow banned because yeah. of our name or something. The engagement makes no I sense know. for the following. Yes. Um, something's up. Turn on post notifications. I don't know. Like a post, comment on a post. Just engage. I'm I'm trying to see something. I stop writing the word dyke on things just because I'm so yeah. like, I, I've been following, of course, uh, queer sex therapy and mm-hmm. they like won't even write sex, you know, anything With like the that. Three, so yeah. I'm like, ooh, I need to start talking in code. Yeah. Anyway. Melody. Anyway, Carolyn. You know, need those first. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. You didn't do, do it. it. Oh, Ro- okay. okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. We both okay, okay. paper. Both paper. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors. scissors. Don't slow down. Shoot. <laughs> I win. Oh, you win. Okay. <laughs> Does that Apparently, mean you ask? <laughs> that means I ask you. Okay. And you go first. Oh, that's the gayest thing you did this week. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. It was that the only Olympic content that I've watched so far is Nathan Chen winning the gold medal in men's figure skating. (sighs) I don't even know much about him, his sexuality. I don't know. But watching it was very gay. He skated to Elton John. Rocket man. But when it switched to Benny and the Jets, I don't need the twirls. I just needed the attitude of him skating to Benny and the Jets delivered me to gay heaven. I loved it. I I want that like on a loop playing everywhere in my house. Just it brought me so (sighs) much joy. He so much joy is the best skater in the world. Um, Yes. And. He has those dance breaks in the middle of his routines that are so much fun. And I'm loving watching him. I don't know if I've talked about on the podcast that I figure skated as a kid. (laughs) Have I talked about this? No. Okay. So classic immigrant parents. My dad signed me up for everything was like, and you're going to get good and you're going to get a scholarship and we're going to get out of this. So I took private figure skating lessons for years, um, starting in um, well, when I was like really small, but that was like group lessons. And then I yeah. switched to private lessons in the third or fourth grade. And I used to go to the skating rink before school. My mom would wake me up by sprinkling water on my face before the sun rose. And she would drive me to the rink and I would take private lessons with my coach <laughs> and then I would go to elementary school and then I would have like some group lessons or I'd go to the rink to like practice after school. And then my dad would pick me up. That was babysit. That was their babysitting, I guess. Wow. But that is crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that you were that hardcore into it. I was yeah. obsessed with figure skating and I was especially obsessed with Tara Lipinski and she's commentating on the current she always yes. does on right. figure skating. So it's so fun listening to her um, get really excited. And just remembering how excited I used to be watching her. And also Scott Hamilton, he's not um, doing it with her live. That's Johnny right. Weir. But yes. he's um, analyzing the figure skating. And I had this realization over the week that 
Scott Hamilton was my ring of keys moment. And we talk about ring of keys moments in the interview. Yeah. So it all came together because he was one of the most flamboyant skaters at the time. Right. And I remember just like watching those in awe. Um, So fabulous such like loud prints such like big gay movements yeah Um, I used to be so into it back then and I also had a one of my best friends was really into figure skating and also looked a lot like Tara Lipinski and was getting to a a level where she could have been competing and then just switched to focus all on cheerleading but anyway yeah um crazy yeah but now I'm, I'm so disconnected to it so I'm glad that um, the one thing I did watch so far was Nathan Chen. I should watch it was more, so but good. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a lot. What's your gayest thing? Okay. As you know, I was in Miami over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Our last day there, we purposely booked a late flight coming back, really maxed out the weekend. So Sunday night, our flight back was at 730. So we spent the day at the pool, at the beach, getting a lot of sun, getting a lot of dehydration. Um, I did not drink enough water, okay? I will own that. Um, This all culminated in um, me very thirsty, approaching the airport. My water bottle, I forgot to dump it, so that got thrown out. I was like, okay, when I get to the plane, I will get water right away. It was just like, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty, right? As I'm walking up to my seat, I see the woman next to me. It was a two person row. Um, She's apologizing to me as I'm approaching her. I'm like, why is she saying sorry already? Like what's going on? And then I saw that um, she was um, like a larger woman. I've certainly been there um, where like in the past I've needed like seatbelt extenders, like, and um, it was at the point where like she needed some of my seat. And as we know, I fell down the stairs. I have this like big bruise. It was like we were crushed next to each other. Like we couldn't have the armrest down. And I was okay with it. She was so nice. Her name was Sandy. She was coming from her grandfather's funeral in Honduras. We were like talking. She was crying. We were bonding. But I was like quite literally like smushed. Um, And I didn't want to be rude and ask the flight attendant if I could move my seat. Um, So I kind of like sucked it up and was like counting down the minutes until the flight landed because I was getting more and more short of breath. I was dehydrated. The drink still hadn't come. I was towards the back end of the plane. Like it wasn't, I was going to be the last person to get water. I start to feel more and more dizzy. And I uh, finally excused myself to go to the bathroom to like catch my breath. And then I vomit. And (gasps) then I, but like barely could because I was so dehydrated. And then I am trying to make my way back to my seat. And that's when everything starts to get really dizzy. I start to like black out. Um, no. Like I walk past our row and Allie's like, babe, babe, screaming for me because I look like a zombie because I just apparently was going straight for the flight attendant. And all I managed to do is smack the back of a flight attendant and say, I really need water uh, before I faint. <gasps> and... Right before I hit the ground, Sandy scoops me up and cradles me. <laughs> um, and luckily there was an EMT medic two rows behind us. And she was able to help. Like they gave me a bunch of orange juice and cookies and revived me. And Sandy uh, switched seats with Allie so she could be next to me. Um, 
what's the gayest thing about that? Um, I have to say, first of all, apparently I'd rather die than hurt a woman's feelings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> first that. And then second, the only thing I remember as things are going black and I'm about to like hit the floor is Allie letting out the biggest bet Tina <laughs> scream. Just babe, Melody, no, like I overreacting. I mean, she thought I like she thought I was dead. I don't know. She was freaking well, out. Scary. But the way yeah. she was screaming, babe and Melody echoing through the plane was just so L word to me. And also, <laughs> am I making this up? Did Bet scream Tina like that at one point? Or is that something we always attribute to the character? No, 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 no. It's, okay. It's season two, episode one. Um, yeah, when okay. Tina's the, leaving original. the house with her stuff. And Beth's trying to like convince her to stay because she's already broken up with Candace. And then as Tina like is kind of like, fuck you, Beth, and walks out. And yeah. she like, takes a beat. And, Tina! Yeah. Yeah. Um, Allie immediately. Do you like how I know exactly what episode? Yeah, and I could count on you for that. I didn't Google it. I was like, she'll let me know. Yeah. On the spot. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I don't know. Is there, there's something queer about I was like, I'd rather die yeah. than make this woman uncomfortable. For sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I love Sandy. She rubbed my back from she got moved to the row behind me. She rubbed my back the entire time. Sandy is an ally. She's an uh, angel. Sandy sounds like a sweetie, an ally. And also, if you want to hear the rest of the story of Melody's trip to <laughs> Miami, which you still had a good time. I still managed to have a good time. That's against not even all the craziest odds. story. That's not even the craziest story. Um, because I was trying to hold in my scream, my own screams mm -hmm. uh, from the stories you were telling on our Patreon episode. Um, you can get an additional episode every week mm -hmm. on Patreon. It's a doozy. For just five bucks a month. And it goes yeah. a long way to help us make this podcast. All right. Well, this episode... So excited, uh, just thrilled, thrilled. As soon as I saw the tweet announcing Most Presents, the Homo Schedule podcast, I immediately reached out and said, we must get these actors So on. fast you reached out. Yes, Yellow Jackets was just wrapping up. So today we are diking out with actors Jasmine Savoy and Liv Hewson about... Most presents the homo schedule. You may know them better as Thais and Van, the queer teen couple from Showtime's Yellow Jackets. Liv also starred in Santa Clarita Diet, and Jasmine is also known for her roles in the new Scream movie and The Leftovers. But you've seen them both in so much more, even if you haven't seen Yellow Jackets, just Google their beautiful faces yeah. and you will recognize them. Uh, they host this new podcast that we're going to talk about. Let's get into it.
Wow, Jasmine and Liv, thank you so much for joining us today. We are thrilled to have you both here. Thanks thank for you. having us. We really hate each other's company, so this did take some convention. <laughs> Can't stand <Right>. each other. <laughs> yeah. Do you like each other more or do you hate each other more over Zoom or in person? Um, in person. Yeah, in person. Unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid at all costs. Bad, bad guest, bad company. Yep. Yeah, just zero stars. <laughs> zero. <laughs> Rude. I can't get over how clean you both look. Um, <laughs> right. After finishing yellow jackets. Oh, I was like, what the what are you talking about? Can I cuss on this podcast? Yes, please. What yes. the fuck are you talking about? I haven't showered in two days. Oh, my God. I'm not seeing any visible dirt. It's yep. it's lovely um, to see you both. <laughs> No doubt, no blood. Yeah, Liv actually right. has their face intact. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just get right into it. Melody, I think you have a question for our guest today. Burning question for the two of you, respectively. What okay. is the gayest thing you did this week before we get into anything else? I had sex with a woman. There you go. <laughs> That's the gayest thing I did this week. That yeah. was my first gayest thing. Yeah. Thank you. When we started I mean, doing this segment. <laughs> yeah. Should I come up with something a little less obvious? <laughs> I, I shot my next music video, which was very gay. Oh, and well. Do you want to keep it a secret? Me? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Orange Wine was pretty gay. Too. Orange Wine was pretty gay. This Is it next even gayer? It's even gayer. It's oh, yeah. Jasmine likes yeah. to set the bar for herself and then just jump over it. <laughs> Yeah, I find that fun for some reason. Like you already made the hottest video of 2022, like so early in the year. How do you even follow that up? You know, Violet Bean is one of my best friends. She's also a homo. She's a bi. A bi, I like to say. Yes. Um, Which, by the way, that's what I was going to say about bi people. All women with blue hair are bi. Prove me wrong. Yes. Try. You know, that makes sense because people keep asking if I'm going to do any other colors than uh, pink. They're like, what about blue? I'm like, I can't. You can't. It'd be appropriating bi culture. And unless <laughs> things <laughs> change. And, and it's only for the bi women. But anyway, <laughs> Violet and I are both um, gays and very sex positive, And we just like to fuck around and have fun. And so um, that's just what Orange Wine was, which is us being gay and having fun. And that's what the next one will be, is us being gay and having fun. And just want to keep doing that with my friends. So much fun. I'm not sure if this is inappropriate to say, but I immediately added the song to my sex playlist. (gasps) What? That's so cool. (laughs) I called I have to stop whatever I'm doing and put this on the sex playlist. Uh, I know you're not the only one. Oh, that makes me so happy. But then but then it's always weird because I do have a bunch of music from past guests. And then when it comes on, I'm like, but I have talked to them before. Yeah. Like, this is weird that I'm here. No, it's not voice. weird. It's not okay. weird at all. Okay. I Thank you for it. letting me know it's not weird. Good. I, I have I, your consent. I consent to you fucking to my voice. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, in that case, let me get my wife over here. No. Yeah. Um, Liv, what's the gayest thing that you did this week? I went and did like a little uh, guest spot on a television show, which I, I don't think I'm allowed to talk about yet, but it was a lot of fun. But I, I realized after my costume fitting that I needed to shave my armpits because I was playing somebody who wouldn't have armpit hair, which is totally fine. She just wouldn't. So I had to go home and um, 
quickly like the night before shooting like buy a razor and like shave my armpits you don't even have a razor (laughs) yeah i I did i didn't own one i did not own one that's amazing and then i realized that the last time i had shaved my armpits was years ago and it was also for a job (laughs) (laughs) wow just like oh shit god this person would not have oh fuck i have to figure this out so that was pretty gay i thought yeah that's pretty gay yeah yeah Yeah. all right impressed i'm impressed that you don't own a razor i do throw it away I had to to go to um, Rite Aid and get one. But now I guess it's in my house if I have guests who need one. Nice. Well, since you both have a a podcast and you ask your guests uh, a lot of questions, we ask all our guests what's the the gayest thing. But we're curious after hearing your guests answer uh, their ring of key moments, what's your ring of key moment? Do you have one, Jess? Yeah, I remember sharing one with you and Leo. Yeah. And that just hasn't come out yet. But I've been trying to think if I have. Okay. So two come to mind. That (laughs) one, which is I was in elementary school and I was in the Oregon Children's Choir. Hey, because I was (laughs) so good even when I was little. No, but it was like actually kind of a big deal. It was very prestigious. Like kids from all over would audition and it was really cool. And we had a summer break and then we came back for our next rehearsal. And my friend Lindsay's dad was now. Lindsay's mom and came to drop her off and I had never seen a trans woman before and I'd never seen someone so beautiful before and I just instantly felt this 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 drawing toward her and this like recognition even though there was nothing similar I'm this little black girl this is a full-grown white woman but the the shared and I and I wasn't I wasn't I didn't know yet that I was gay. There, I didn't know anything, but there was this familiarity, and that was one of the first moments I really felt like I was seeing myself in someone else and had that little gay tingle, as Natalie Morales calls it. And then the other <laughs> thing that comes to mind is third, fourth grade t-ball practice. My teacher bent over and I saw her boobs. <laughs> and I was That'll delighted, do it. <laughs> and I got the little gay tingle. <laughs> That will do it. I remember telling my mom even because I I think there's just all these feelings I hadn't felt and I didn't know what they were. And I was just, and so I like turned it into like anger and was like, I saw her boobs when she bent over. And my mom said something like, well, yeah, like should have worn a tighter shirt or something. Didn't think anything of it. But (laughs) inside I was coming alive and dying at the same time. (laughs) Were you nervous around them afterwards after you'd seen their boobs? Oh, yeah. And I just like just wanted to see them more I probably came up with excuses for her to have to like bend down at my desk and I get then stuff again <laughs> You're just spilling stuff all over her yeah. shirts yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I was totally nervous oh so many teacher crushes my god so many teacher crushes was it the classic art English it's always like the humanities oh, teachers. Yeah, why is that and they <laughs> she always wears like a long dress and has a lot of necklaces yeah <laughs> It's because humanities teachers are the teachers that tell you about feelings, you know. Yeah. yeah. Talk, 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 good talk to you That's about it. how things make you feel, which make you think about how things make you feel. Right. Yeah. Math makes me feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a crush on my high school English teacher, but I, I adored her because she was, she was very empowering. And I think like arts and drama and English teachers are, do have like a very empowering role in a lot of kids' lives, especially queer kids, because it's just like here's... Mm here's a bunch of avenues in which to express yourself and I'm interested in what you think. And I want to, I want to like study people with you and see how you feel about that. You know, that's, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm curious to hear your answer, though. I don't think I ever have your ring. No, I don't really know that I have one. I was really attached to like folk stories and mythology when I was a kid and like, um, like, re- like old, old fairy stories. And I, I think there was something about that that I was drawn to in a, in a Ring of Keys-ish way, like reading about, you know, mythical creatures and like gods and just like, oh, you know, here's, here's, here's a shapeshifter. Like here's somebody who lives outside of society and is like mysterious and respected, but also feared. And like, here's somebody who turns into a tree and here's someone who's not really a man and not really a woman. And then maybe these two are in love, but you know, they're both men, you know, just like shades, shades of more complex gender and sexuality expressions in like old stories, stories that were like older than me, but also older than like the country I was growing up in. There was Mm. some, something about that that I was really drawn to and still am. And I was always fascinated by like the images that we keep coming back to culturally over time. And like the stories we keep telling each other over and over and like, Maybe there's a place for me in those. I, I think that was important to me when I was young. Wow. I love that, seeing too. yourself in a story. Me yeah, I was, I was really looking, that's for sure. Maybe that's why you're <laughs> a storyteller now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we have an active listenership and we have a Patreon community. When they found out we were talking to you, we do have to get some of their questions out. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> love it. Their questions. Their questions. Um, yeah. We <laughs> had no involvement. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, we have a lot of Santa Clarita fans, too. Oh, really? Um, we we yeah. thought it was going to be all Yellow Jacket yeah. questions. And a bunch of people right off the bat, what's going on with Santa Clarita? What is it coming back? <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Rabid fans. People love that show. Even my family group chat is now basically a Santa Clarita diet group chat. And every other day, my <laughs> uncle or my mom record the TV of a funny scene of Liv. I'm not kidding. And they send it. They send a recording of their TV. People love you. <laughs> that is so, so sweet. Oh, my God. They really I do. loved it. I loved working on that show. That was such a special job. And, okay, going to Yellow Jackets, were you surprised at all about, like, how big the yes. um, reception was to it? I was. I very much was. Anything I'm in, I just assume is bad. <laughs> it's just like that actor thing. I'm like, well, I'm in it. It's going to be a flop. Okay, we got to work on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were working on it. Really. Okay. <laughs> but it's a thing. And then it was the first season show, so we didn't know what it was. And that's always scary. Right. So I was just expecting it to be, I don't know, a show. I wasn't expecting it to be a phenomenon. It's pretty cool right. that that's happening. We've, we've talked about this a little bit. And I, I remember feeling like, because Jasmine's right, but like the first season you're making something, you don't, you don't know what it's going to end up looking like or how it's going to come together. And I really remember this feeling of like, oh, if we if we pull this off, I think this is going to be really good. Like if we if if like the tone comes together and like it and and the edit is really good and like if if everything lines up exactly the way we wanted to, then then I think this is going to be really good. But I like I hope I hope it comes together okay. So it was lovely, kind of like watching it as a, as an audience member in that way and you know, being like, oh, c- great, mm-hmm. okay, good, it's good, we did, yeah. we did it, great, 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 okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we never got to see the older cast no we didn't get to see what That's they were what doing. i was gonna ask yeah. yeah so you didn't know anything about like that timeline of the story 
we read the scripts. Yeah, we okay. saw them. At, we saw them uh, like on Zoom over mm-hmm. uh, over Zoom for table reads and stuff, and like we knew what was happening in the show, but we were never on set with them, so we never got to see what those scenes were like. It was two different right. shows. It's two television mm-hmm. shows, so we got to watch that one as well as ours. Yeah, and that was really cool because those ladies killed it. Oh man, yes. icons. It's annoying, actually, that we're shooting in two different timelines. So I can say I'm on a show with Melanie Linsky, but I can't say I've worked with Melanie Linsky. And that really annoys right. me. <laughs> I know. It's so funny, isn't it? I mean, speaking of the present day characters, hypothetically, this is all hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Present day, if Van is alive, who would you want to play them? And both of you can answer this. Oh, I, you know, I, I've been asked this a fair bit over the course of like press for Yellow Jackets. And I don't I don't know why I don't have a better answer for that question now. Like it, it just never occurred to me to think of anybody because I one of my favorite things about this job in general is like how often you get to be surprised. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, you know, I the more I think about it, the more I'm like, if if they if man does survive and if if they cast an adult version of her. I don't want to know who they're thinking about until they tell me who it is. You know, I would, I would love if it was like, okay, so here she is. Right. Just cause you like a surprise or why? I, I do. I like a surprise. And also I, I don't think I know how to like objectively read myself the best. You know, I hear that. Mm. Yeah. It's like me going, everything I'm in is a flop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think I would have the best idea as to who should play an adult version of a character I'm playing. Cause I think I'm too close to it. That makes sense. And I would say, too, like, I never would have thrown out Tawny for me because I did not know who she was. And Mm, I think that's something really exciting. She also would never have thrown out me because she didn't know who I was. There's something really exciting about, for lack of a better phrase, lesser known talent stepping into these roles because it gives someone a new platform, but then also is refreshing to the audience because we don't have a history that we're attaching to this person. So maybe whoever they cast as older Van, if Van survives... Um, would be someone that most of us aren't familiar with. And I think that would be really exciting. Yeah, that would honestly be so sick. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, it, on the other side of that coin, sometimes my friends will text me and be like, what if it's Julia Stiles? And then I'll burst into tears. You know, like, so- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. B. Wow. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I just got to go. <laughs> I'm crying. I can't even process the whole shit. So I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so either Julia Stiles or someone no one knows. Those are the uh, options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's the glory of this show. It's it's two different shows. It has something forever. There's new talent. There's old favorites. It's just uh, mm-hmm. so robust. And I have to keep bringing myself back down to earth, too, because I'll, I'll get carried away thinking about that. And then I'll remind myself that they could kill me like I don't know (laughs) surviving I can't get my hopes up too much do you have a feeling like do you have uh, predictions or theories because at this point I'm theorizing just with everyone on reddit and I have all kinds of theories because we don't actually know that's what I was wondering how you if you dive into those (laughs) oh (laughs) it's reddit forums all I think all of us to varying degrees like dip our toes in a little bit like some of us check in on like the audience more than others but like we'll we'll text each other funny Mm -hmm. shit They'll be fine. <laughs> There's some wild shit there. Yeah. 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 But so I don't I don't do much theorizing myself because I've just I I've just like accepted that the writers aren't gonna tell us anything. God, they really are. Right. But and like so much of um like Van's journey I would never never have been able to predict when we were filming like episodes one and two. Right. You know? So it's like I they could they could do anything with me. I really. think 
I think, and this is truly all theorizing. Here's one of my theories. Van's going to die, but not until like right before. I mean, right before the girls get rescued and it'll be like drowning Mm. because that's like the opposite of the fires, survives all these fires and then like, I don't know, drowns. How sad would that be? Tragic. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see it. Like we're talking like helicopter blades audibly. (laughs) Like Like they're coming. (laughs) And then like, I don't know what happens, but Van drowns oh, can you imagine <laughs> that prediction's making me emotional the longer the show goes on people are just like okay so <laughs> what are we doing yeah god i want to tell you guys um, another theory that i have and then i'll stop with yes, the yes please i think that i don't actually think there is an older lottie i know hmm. that they go who the fuck is lottie oh. matthews i think that it's similar to like how people talk about jesus or talk about buddha like if someone comes to your door can i tell you about jesus christ they're talking as if this man is alive He's not. Mm. They're in a cult and they worship this person. I think it's similar. Like that's the cult of Lottie, but she actually died out there and maybe she's the person who falls in the pit, but they're going to like make us think that that's not the case. And then like midway through the season, we'll find out she did die. And these people are just crazy and like living on in her honor. That's my theory. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. Honestly, Lottie is pit girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because no one would see that coming. One except you. Except me, except I saw it coming, but no one else would see it coming. And then maybe whoever is Antler Queen gets passed around and there's not like a Antler Queen. It like shifts. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. We, we, I think we'll find out though. I'm pretty sure we're going to hit that pit scene next season. I think. I think so. I saw them talking about it. I think so too. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be a fan of the show that we're making. It's kind of a trip actually. Right. It's such a fun show to be a fan of. It's funny thinking about now, like the way we would talk to each other. Because even even during filming season one, like we weren't told each other's plot lines in advance. We would get the episodes as they were being written and finished and released. Okay. So as we were filming, we were theorizing with each other all the time as mm-hmm. we were doing it. We like text each other being like, does anyone have pink converse in their costume yet? Or like, I think the symbol <laughs> means this. Or like, well, mm-hmm. what do you guys think the deal is with the bear? Like just we, like even <laughs> while we were making it. We were theorizing about the show we were in. Okay, who's ready for a true story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking. So I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian approved They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, The weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. They also have add-ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky. Uh, No prep, no mess, and And when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. 
Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com slash dykingout50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com slash dykingout50 to get 50% off. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. God. That's so much fun, especially for two 90s kids. Carolyn and I love uh, to see the era. We were wondering, um, since you both are maybe a little younger than us and grew up in maybe a little bit more of an accepting time, what it was like to play queer teenagers in the 90s when things were a little different. We did say um, recently that it it was noticeable in the um, Doom's Coming episode how when everybody kind of catches on that you're a couple, they're all like, yay, and smiley about it. I'm like, I don't care if I was on a deserted island with my softball team. If they saw me make it out with someone, they would have all freaked out. I don't right. care if we've been there a year, <laughs> two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like in the 90s, it was so ingrained in your head that like the last thing you wanted to be was like a lesbian. It was just yeah. so, so bad. But did that even come into play? Because it's also great to see like, oh, good. I don't have to see people get hated on for being queer they're not in society so it doesn't even matter well that's exactly it I think like I think a big part of that was like in my head anyway I thought it was like well they're a they're a girls soccer team like there's some of if some of them have to know what lesbians are and then I think thematically for the show it's like we're we're outside of the environment that we grew up in that we've been soaking in like we don't really see in season one anyway we don't really see Ben and Taisa having to deal with the um, difficulties of being uh, in high school in the 90s because we barely see them in high school in the 90s and not all that together. We know that they were keeping their relationship a secret, but we never really saw them do that. But also to that point, there's also not like 
a world where a bear just walks up and sacrifices itself or where there's like right. spirits <laughs> right. keeping a plane on the ground. So I yeah. just was like, right. this is in this alternate version of reality too, where no one gives a shit in the 90s. Right. If we can bend the rules, let's let's not make it homophobic. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and maybe maybe these two being gay is like the least of these girls fucking worries right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> cool. A beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. But it was very healing for the teenager in me who didn't get to didn't choose to didn't get to come out didn't get to go to homecoming with who I wanted to didn't get to tell my female crushes that I had crushes on them um so it was it was really healing and really cool to get to do that scene and to get to have the storyline and mesh it with 90s life and it was really fun yeah I I came out in high school um but the the early 2000s and the early mid 2000s were, were pretty vicious like um it bits of it were easier mm-hmm. and bits of it were harder but i i don't think of it fondly shall we say right and it all depends on where you grow up too yeah. you know just yeah. even in the same state two towns next to each other can have a wild different experience with yeah how cool or uncool people were about those about those things but I, I would say in terms of the characters, I, I did clock uh, Van as being gay right away just because they are the <laughs> yes, goalie on the team. She, she um, sure is. Can you confirm that goalie is the gayest position on a soccer team? Well, I will I will say that when when they cast me as Van, I was not we never talked about it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't told that Van was a lesbian. Van's character description didn't include the word lesbian. But while we were filming the pilot, I personally to myself was like, this kid's fucking gay. Like I, like, I, don't, care. I don't care if this becomes a thing that they want to address in the show or not. But to me, this girl is absolutely a lesbian. And I thought to myself, I was like, she's the goalie and you've hired the me goalie. to do it. And this is what she's like. So... Mm-hmm. This is what I've decided. And then it turns out that lined up perfectly with what they wanted to do. Like, yes. I, don't, I don't know for sure if they ever planned on making us a couple. I don't know that they did. I don't know that they did either. Because we shot the pilot in late 2019 and then we picked up on episode two in June, May, June of 2021. So that's a good wow. year and a half. Wow. And so now watching back on the pilot where we didn't really know each other, we did Mm -mm. not know if our characters were together. We just naturally in all of the scenes, we kind of blocked them ourselves. We would just naturally always be next to each other and we Mm -hmm. just would naturally improv and make jokes. And some of that was caught on camera. And so I can't help but wonder if they were watching the pilot in the edit and went, oh, there's something between those two. I have a feeling that that's what happened. And it's funny, like, watching the pilot now, because I'm like, yeah. It's so obvious that they're together. (laughs) But at the time, it's like me, Jasmine and I were, had met and were, like, making friends, making each other laugh. And, like, we were were sticking around on set. (laughs) Everybody was, like, mucking around, figuring out what their characters were like and figuring out what the chemistry of the team was. And I I do remember a little moment on the pilot to myself being like, I bet, I bet Van thinks Thais is really cool. Like, I bet. Like, I bet they get on because there's something quite no nonsense about them both. Like, I could see mm-hmm. them. I could. I was yeah. like, I bet these two get on That's great. so sweet. Why does that make me want to cry a little bit? You know? <laughs> so sweet. But we got to Vancouver to shoot the rest of the show. And one of the only things they told us about how the season was going to play out is they were like, okay, so you two are, are going to be a thing. And uh, we're not going to tell you anything else. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but we were just really jazzed. Like this, they told us that, and we were like, "Fucking sick! Great, let's go." That's when we started our homo stuff. Homo <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I love that you thought the character would think she was really cool because that is like the genesis of every crush I had in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, like, wow, she's very cool. I really <laughs> like her vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. One more like fan question yes. um, about Scream before we really dive into the homo schedule because we, we want to get to it. But Scream, there's going to be a sequel Jasmine, are, are you in the sequel? Can you confirm? I can neither confirm nor deny. No? Nor deny. Okay. Can you can you make a promise right here that if you are in the sequel, can you make it so that Mid- Mindy and Sydney are gay? Sydney Prescott. <laughs> Mindy and, and Sydney? Okay, but isn't Mindy like 16 or 17? Okay. I mean, by the time it comes out, she's <laughs> 19. In a world, yes, where the sequel is so many years in the future. Maybe there's time travel. Maybe there's time travel. Maybe there's and time travel. Mindy goes back to the original Scream. Sure. Yes. Yes. Let's have that be How the case. How do we make it happen? Or I think as long as Mindy's over like 25, then anything goes. I really think like over right. 25 age gap schmage gap but like below that is a bit you know your brain's your brain's done the microwave dings on your brain exactly yeah yes you're old enough to actually know what you're doing if you're dating someone 20 years older than you so sure in a world where it's you know several years in the future or several years in the past i will do my best to make right, that happen right, right. for you guys okay thank wow, you thank you hello neve <laughs> ring ring <laughs> I, I was just crushed with the with the husband reveal. I'm like, Ugh, really? I know. I think. I mean, yeah. But we never could saw still him. Still be queer. Yeah. Yeah. She could still be queer. And she could still be queer and have a husband. Exactly. Yes. He could be trans. Yeah. She. Mm-hmm. You know, and husband can mean anything these days. Exactly. Absolutely. We'll see what exactly. happens. I did. I freaked a lot of people out, though. I have Google alerts for myself. Oh, Maybe you should... scared the shit out of some people. I posted <laughs> a picture of me and Mason and like because the sequel got announced. I was like, what if only one of us survives? Literally, the amount of emails I'm getting <laughs> with articles about how I might have leaked that one of us dies when I don't even know if I'm in the movie is actually really funny. <laughs> like I genuinely was just posting a caption and people are really upset about it. <laughs> Well, it was such a fun character, and as a OG Scream fan, um, like what a fun gig! It was it was really yeah. special. And <laughs> I've said this before; it's embarrassing, but I had never seen Scream. I didn't know what it was when I auditioned, when I booked it. I didn't know until we a couple weeks into shooting when I went. I should probably watch these movies, and then was that's like, so funny. Oh, that's this so is funny! A really big deal. I feel like that's just. Me, though, because had I watched them, I would have probably shit the bed. I probably would have psyched myself out and not done a good audition and not booked the job. Right, so it right. worked in my favor that I was like, eh, just some scary movie, whatever. And your character is like the expert yeah. on it. Which I know. Is ironic. I know. And everyone's like, oh, during that monologue, like, did you know everything you were talking? Like, I had no idea what the hell I was saying. I just like replaced it all with Broadway shows in my head. And that's how I yeah. got so passionate about it. <laughs> That's acting, baby. <laughs> and now I understand, obviously, the legacy of the franchise and how important it is. And I'm honored right. to be a part of it and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I love that. Well, I would put um, making Sydney Prescott 
gay at the top okay. of my gay agenda. I will see what I can do. But you two have a podcast, Most Presents, The Homo Schedule. Tell listeners who aren't familiar already, what, what is The Homo Schedule and how did it come about? Yes, The Homo Schedule is a podcast hosted by Liv and I, and it's really just about queer joy. That's the the core of the podcast, queer people. We are beautiful and talented and hot and funny. And I just wanted to be that with my friends who are queer and hot and talented and funny. No tragedy porn here. Um, and that Hell was really yeah. the core of it. And I asked Liv to co-host with me and they said yes. And we've been fortunate enough to have brilliant, fantastic guests. I'm a better person from talking to everybody. Every week we laugh. Every week we, week we learn something new and... I feel like I'm the heart and Liv is the brains. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, I could I could definitely vibe with that. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, what would you say? Yeah, the same, the same, that it was, you know, born out of like a, a want to connect with and celebrate other queer people in our line of working outside of it. And that, that was the whole thing. Like ev- ev- the bits we created, like the structure we made the show, like it, the impetus behind every question we wanted to ask was all about connecting with other queer people and celebrating each other. Yeah. Love that. You have such good chemistry. You're so funny together. I love your segments and games. How do you come up with those? (laughs) They're so much fun. (laughs) When we were like coming up with the structure of the show, it was like the best, the best thing about podcasts is like doing bits Mm-hmm. is being able to do bits <laughs> together. So we settled on a couple of recurring questions we wanted to ask. And then Jasmine comes up with the games and like doesn't tell me what they're going to be so that I can play oh, them. Which is so fun. The first couple games, and they're all out of order, but the first couple Liv participated in helping me come up with them. And then I was like, you know what? It's more fun if you play it too. I don't know. I have a very active right brain. And I just kind of let her take over when coming up with these questions. I, I listened to, our, to the episode each week in case I'm going to talk about it in press or people ask specific things. It's really like a blackout when I go in my right brain because I listen to some of the games. And I'm like, what the hell? Where did that come from? It's very fun. There's no love for kombucha with your guests. I know. You ask. It's true. I think it's just because I always put it against something else that's great. Like I would choose a smoothie over kombucha, but I would choose a kombucha over kimchi. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised at that could, one. I could yeah. not let kimchi go. Could See? not do it. Me neither. <laughs> what is your favorite thing with kimchi? Where was your favorite place to put it? Oh my god, I it's like I like it as a side by itself. Um, I like it. I like it in dishes. I like it outside of dishes, and it's a it's like sentimental for me because oh. Korea is a place I've been a couple of times That's and right. have like a big attachment to, and that was the first place I tried it. So oh, couldn't wow. couldn't let go of it. I love it. I eat it right out of the jar. Oh, like. yeah. I've got some in my fridge right now that I'm going to eat later. <laughs> so good. Kimchi grilled cheese, guys. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Try it. Okay. Okay. That's a good On the menu. idea. Yeah. <laughs> How has the response been from listeners so far? And with a caveat to say, when the when the name changed um, after the first episode and, and Jasmine, you had a little... Uh, update about it and talking about getting um, feedback and as you talked about it I was just thinking one of us one of us (laughs) it's a huge part of podcasting getting lots of feedback especially (laughs) on the title of your podcast whether you've invited (laughs) the feedback or not yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) the response has been lovely 
I Liv and I have a different approach in terms of engagement online in general. I love I'm shy. Liv's the shy one. <laughs> The, the shy Sagittarius. Liv has boundaries. <laughs> I'm the Aries who can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the feedback has been really positive. A lot of people, I get a lot of texts every week just, or DMs from people saying, thank you so much. That really spoke to me. I identified with this. In fact, Liv, I didn't tell you this, but my best friend Jess called me after Javicia's episode and said that our conversation about leaving a legacy like changed her life and she just enrolled in tattoo school and oh my god jess who visited set jess yes she that's so nice she just enrolled in tattoo school to become a tattoo artist and said she has a whole new outlook all from our episode with javicia which is wow. that yes. kind of stuff is a bit overwhelming but really cool mm-hmm. see but th- also this is how it goes every time because like i don't i don't check my DMs ever and never will because I am uh, frightened and I don't want to. <laughs> so Jasmine will, and then she'll send me the ones that the um, good ones, yeah, are very like significant or meaningful to us both, which for me is like a lovely way to receive it. I'd say it's ninety nine point two percent positive. There's always yeah, you know, there's always different opinions in terms of the name change. It was us listening to feedback, and there are a number of podcasts with the name The Gay Agenda, which was the previous title that already exist. And we thought, you know, we can, we can't, we can change our name. We can leave space for others to exist with that name. We don't need to have it. We'll, we'll change it. Cause why not? Changing your name is queer culture. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then it worked out naturally. Cause at uh, the end of episode one, Pex had said, you guys should really call this the homo schedule. And so Bex yeah, right, 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 right. A huge, <laughs> solid. huge solid. Without like, realizing. Even imagine <laughs> if Bex, it's, that's the kind of stuff that blows my mind. Like the timing and the, everything that had to line up in order for Bex to make that joke on that day, in order for us to have it as our title. That's the kind of stuff that just tickles me. Beautiful. Do you have any dream guests that you'd like to have on the podcast? Oh, I mean, so many. Kehlani, but mostly because I'm in love with Kehlani. Yeah, me too. Um, Brandi Carlisle, because Brandi Carlisle is like part of my gay awakening. She's from the Pacific Northwest and so am I. And I remember seeing her in concert and her saying she had a wife. And I like got mad because I was still Christian. (laughs) I was wrong. But I also got really excited. Glennon Doyle would be really cool. Abby Wambach yeah. would be really cool. The rapper Chica. I have a lot of people. Lil Nas X. Yes. Yeah. No. Lucy Dacus. Liv, we have to. <gasps> oh, she might do it. We're going to get Lucy Dacus for season two. I just decided. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of people. Nice. Is there one, like one ultimate one that you're like, okay, we're going to do this podcast until we can talk to this one person that... I mean, yes, but I don't know who it is. So, okay. like, I don't Carolyn, want... they're not Capricorns like us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're both militantly focused. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Incredible. That's actually incredible. <laughs> my, my, my dream guest, I don't know who they are, but it's someone queer that is not at all in our industry. Like... Like a gay scientist that none of us know his name and he actually helped create the COVID vaccine or like some queer 
teacher who won the Nobel Prize and none of us know this person's name, like someone profound and important who's flown under the radar, who's in a different field. I would love to talk right. to that person. Love that. Yes. It's always fun to get somebody that you don't know in real life and mm-hmm. then you just have the most fascinating conversation yeah. with them. Um, I mean, meeting new people and having these conversations, it's definitely our favorite thing about podcasting. Was there anything when you were entering into this project that you didn't anticipate that you would like enjoy so much or maybe not enjoy as much? It's um, producing a podcast is is very hard. (laughs) Both of your faces like, yeah, buddy. (laughs) um, I I had only ever been a guest on other people's before and really just like, you know, like my friends. Um, And I'm like, this is easy. This is great. Uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it's uh, quite stressful, really. So like it's it's rewarding, but um, very challenging as well. And that took me by surprise. Yeah. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes and a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And it can get crowded in the kitchen. <laughs> but also, I didn't realize how much I was going to learn and how much it would um how much these conversations would impact me and and change me and making new friends like it's the ongoing saga of us canceling and rescheduling but Liv and Leo and I <laughs> are going to go on a hike eventually and yes, that we is are. A, yes. a new friendship born out of the pod and mm. like Caleb here and I've been a fan of him for so long um, and now I would call him a friend. Uh, yeah, it's just really, it's really cool, the connections that we've built. What are some things that you think should be on everybody's gay agenda or homo schedule? Mm. Mm, some kind of like uh, material community organizing and then something really frivolous and fun. <laughs> See? The balance. Yeah. The smarts. It. That's the smarts. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, Cuddling. <laughs> like whatever the opposite of that is because I agree yes and um yeah I think just uh well really like having intimate relationships with friends where you can have different needs met whether that is truly like cuddling like I cuddle my friends and I don't think that's weird and they don't think that's weird but some people do think it's weird and it's not weird cuddle your friends that's my agenda (laughs) Yeah, like I just, like Jane, who plays Laura Lee on Yellow Jackets. Jane's my little Taurus. It's the Tauruses that are just, that get me. We would sometimes just go lay in the park, definitely not do mushrooms or smoke weed, and just cuddle each other. And it was so nice. (laughs) Oh, that sounds glorious. I love Jane. Oh, my God. Jane is a good one. They are just good. Goodness. Goodness. I really want them to come back and haunt us, man. I'm going to miss them if they don't. Yes. <laughs> I can't even think about living in Vancouver without Jane being there. I know. What the hell? My cuddle buddy <laughs> who's going to cuddle me. <laughs> we, um, a, like a bunch of us got dinner the other day and Ella was saying like, oh, well, you guys should think about like where you're going to stay. And I was like, you guys, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Dumb. Yeah. Did you get to explore the Vancouver queer scene at all or I have spent a lot of time in Vancouver before so I've spent a chunk of time in the Vancouver queer scene before and um in particular like the drag scene in Vancouver is fucking phenomenal but 
a lot of stuff wasn't happening because yeah. Yeah. it was like we the Canada's vaccine rollout started like as we were starting filming and a lot of things were locked down. The land border between the US and Canada was shut mm-hmm. the whole shoot. Like a lot of things are very quiet. We did a lot of outdoor stuff and really yeah. just with like the bubble of the cast. I'm looking yeah. forward to that this time around. I did go to Pride because it was some outdoor stuff. But yeah, I didn't really get to plug into the community. And that'll be fun this time. So many shows that we talked to that are hoping that they get renewed just so they can shoot during not COVID times with all the different <laughs> like procedures and everything. Well, we'll see. I think a lot of them will still be in place. I know. Yeah. I know. Ugh. Okay. Well, let's think of more positive things. <sighs> like we want to play a game. We okay. haven't done hey. a game in a while, but... You've inspired us? Hey, yeah, you inspired okay. us. The the homo schedule inspired us. So we're going to name something, and then you both as the experts uh, let us know if it's on the gay or the straight agenda. Oh. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Do you want to take turns, Carolyn? Yeah, kick us off. All right. Arizona senator and notable bisexual Kirsten Cinema. Oh, I don't know a goddamn thing about like the intricacies of American politics. That's probably for the better. Yeah. <laughs> you said bisexual, so that makes me go gay, but you said Arizona, so that makes me mm-hmm. go straight. So we'll just keep her in the bi camp, which is gay. <laughs> Olympic curling. <laughs> That's gay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just because what is it? So it's gay. What is curling? You know what I mean? I know what it right. is, but what is it? It's so queer. Like the one time I was like in front of a hooked up television this week, I, I turned on the TV and I was like, oh, it's the Olympics. I forgot. And it was curling. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the rules of this game are. I'm woefully underqualified, <laughs> but it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. The Winter Olympics just feel gay in general to me. I don't. It's the figure skating. It's the yeah. skating. It's it is the, the skating. The dancing. And the jackets. It's the yeah. jackets. It's. <laughs> It's mostly the finger skating. It's the yeah. showmanship. <laughs> and there's so many good butts and good butts. Yeah, it's get. the tights, That's, really, isn't it? Yep. True. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much spandex, but also so many windbreakers. It's the most glitter you'll see at any Olympics, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, what about the green M&M? Oh, she's an icon. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's gay for sure. In any she's and all of her queer icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a thing right now that they're making her less sexy and yeah, that they one replaced guy got her mad. high heels with tennis shoes. She's still hot. Her feet hurt. Give her a break. Yeah, she'll put them back on later. Don't worry about it. She's going for yeah. a run. Yeah, exactly. Right. Sensible shoes, gay agenda for mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Um, fashion week. Fashion week's gay. Yeah, fashion week's definitely yeah. Gay. The gays fashion love day. fashion. Mm-hmm. The gays love fashion and I'm a gay and I'm going. So yeah, yeah. about to make it so much more gay. Um, What about Britney Spears? Oh, Brit. We love Britney. I mean, I feel like it goes without saying, doesn't it? Yeah. Like the gays love her, whether or not she's a gay herself doesn't matter. Just like, you know, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, they're similar. They belong to us. They are. They are ours. I think I just wanted that on the record. Yeah. Yeah, we needed it said. (laughs) (laughs) If there was like a power plant of queer joy, it'd be like Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, Mm -hmm. just churning it out. All right. Um, Q-tips. I don't know why that does give me straight energy. I was going to say gay because I was going to say everything's gay because I want it to be. But (laughs) 
I feel like, you know, have you guys seen those targeted ads or is it just me where it's like not a Q-tip? It's like the spirally thing and it's like a reusable Q-tip that doesn't push the earwax further in your ear. Maybe it's a reusable Q-tip. Yes. Why are there 90? Why are there like 90 different versions of it? And each time I'm like, hide, I don't want to see this anymore. See, I feel like it should be targeted to me. I'm very into it. I'm considering (laughs) buying it because it's not like I clean my ears that much, but it just looks like it would feel good. And that to me is more gay, like a regular Q-tip where it's like, oh no, now there's fuzz in my ear. That's straight. But the like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest in a reusable camera ear cleaner. (laughs) That's gay. There's something about reusable Q-tip that sends a shiver up my spine a little. I'm, like in a bad, not gonna lie. bad shiver or a hot shiver? I'm just like, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you can wash it and it comes with like multiple pieces and... Little detachments? Attachments? Yes. I'm here for that. All right. Okay. I'm open. I'm open to it. Okay. Um, reaction gifs. Oh. Or gifs. That's... I mean, I don't know. I send them, but I'm like one of the only people I know that actively I speak in them. Me too, but I also feel like it's straight. I kind of feel like it is too. I'm not going to Like I feel shame about it when I do it all the time. I do too, but I can't stop though. But I cannot yeah. stop. You okay. you have, you've got, you always come up with a good one. Like your gift searching skills are, are very Thank good. Thank you. There's an art to it. Thank you. But it is straight. And like, I think it's yeah. one of the only areas of my life where I'm actively participating in straight culture. And I'm a bit embarrassed about it. <laughs> I'll lean in, you know. <laughs> Reclaim. The Oscars. The Oscars? The Oscars are gay. I feel like the Oscars are straight. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I, okay. Listen, maybe I'm differentiating in my head between like the, the carpet. The and ceremony the themselves ceremony. and yeah. like the the speculation of the Oscars race and like the think pieces and yeah. like the mm-hmm. Twitter fights and like the Oscar parties where like people make up ballots and take them off and like yes. people watch the Oscars like it's the Super Bowl. Like that is gay to me. I agree. Yes. And the carpet is gay. That, that's like I have a good fun gay time when I do those things. But the ceremony itself, I don't, I don't know, maybe less so. I think the Oscars are straight because it's just so political. Like mm. the movies that are often nominated and how people win and the campaigning and it's like, oh my God, you have the biggest budget to like campaign to win an Oscar. I don't know. That's me. Yeah, it's the bad kind of culture. politics. Yeah, it's yeah. very political. But like the idea of it in theory is gay. Love that. What about the Golden Globes? Those feel gayer. <laughs> yeah. They feel gayer to me. Feels more spectrum-y. It's a little yeah. bit more loose. You know, they're ha- they're having dinner. They're at the round tables. Yeah, I mean, but they're not. They weren't. Uh, they weren't filmed this this year, and I, it's unclear that they will be again. So it's well, hard to say. Right? Oh, however right. they were handled this year feels straight. <laughs> <laughs> the tweeting. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. the tweets! The Golden Globes tweets. That was a fun. That was a fun day. <laughs> yeah, <was> absurd. <laughs> How about TikTok dances? Oh, I don't know a damn thing about any of that. I'm not. <laughs> I, I can't. TikTok makes my brain hurt. <laughs> I have never done one, but I do scroll on TikTok. Um, and apparently I make them when I'm exhausted. I will like black out <laughs> make TikToks when I'm tired. and forget. Really? <laughs> and then I, I made one a few weeks ago and then I got on and like, it went like low-key viral in like two days and had like 40,000 views and I didn't even remember making it. But I wasn't drinking. Well, I was just it? tired. It was just me, like, looking a fool and doing one of those things where you press a button and it tells you how many people are going to fall in love with you. 
that year and it said 19 and I was like oh god and then everyone was like it's more than 19 babe and I'm 18 of them and I was like what (laughs) and no memory of making that anyway so the TikTok dances I think I think they're for I think they're for everybody I do they feel quite gay and also quite straight it just depends on Mm -hmm. who's doing it I'll say this the gay people who participate are much better at the dances than the straight people. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'll just leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> I think anytime we get more people dancing, that's gay. gay. Like flash mobs are gay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. Flash mobs yes. are very gay. Um, Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. Ellen. <laughs> this is tricky. <laughs> I, I mean, Ellen's Ellen's gay, you know. That's gay. A, I sound like somebody I mean, from the early 2000s. She's gay. gay. <laughs> she's gay, but her show feels a little straight agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's gay and and uh, and confusing, complicated, complicated, complicated okay, a complicated one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barbies. Oh, Barbies are gay. Yes, thank you so much. Barbies are so gay. The amount of times my Barbies made out, hooked up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I never. Who, why would you want Ken here? Why? Right, yeah. Even the straight girls didn't want Ken around. Why did? No. Why is he not poor Ken? <laughs> or if he was around, he had a boyfriend. Yes. I yeah. I came I came of age in like a I didn't really have many dolls. I was more of a soft toy kid. But I came up in like a a brats circle of friends. Yeah. Rather than a Barbie circle of friends. Um, but so I, I will say confidently that Bratz dolls are gay as hell. Oh yeah, <laughs> Bratz especially. Bratz feels so queer. Oh my god, and like Powerpuff and like all of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the new line of the the fashionista Ken dolls are all soft I don't even butches. know about this. They're all like androgynous, beautiful humans. That's so it's cool. Great. That I could get into. Well, that's it for our game. And as you can imagine, our listeners are pretty much an audience of potential listeners for you. They are all uh, queer and we hope they all love joy. So make your make your final pitch after they finish this episode. Why should they go and subscribe, like, rate, review? Most presents the homo schedule. It's gay. (laughs) <laughs> that's it okay. that's all you need and we're there and we're laughing a lot and live is smart <laughs> oh thank you yeah it's you know it's fun it's full of treats we worked really hard on it we're really proud of it and we hope you like it our guests are so smart and funny and have interesting takes and it's just the perfect podcast to listen to on your way to work or in the shower or while you're doing the dishes we'll leave you feeling good and we'll leave or you one more. Okay. Can vouch. Yeah. I listened in the shower. It's so much fun. Uh, there's like a fun, like playfulness to it while also hitting on serious, important topics. I love the balance and the chemistry again between the two of you. Thank you. Thank um, you. I can't wait for all of our listeners to get on over there. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Hit me up on socials. Leave yes. live alone. <laughs> leave me. Live alone. Me. It's not because it's not I don't love you. It's because the internet's frightening. Yes. <laughs> and where can people follow you on social media? And again, not DM live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm uh, Liv Houston on Twitter, Liv.Houston on Instagram. I'm at Jasmine Savoy on Twitter and the gram. And on TikTok, I'm Jasmine Savoy Brown. Who knows what you'll get there? I'm sure my publicist yeah. is freaking out <laughs> hearing that, but that's a fact. <laughs> Love it. 
thank you both so much for taking out with us. This has been a lot thank of fun. You. Thank yeah. you for having us. Very excited about this. And congrats on the podcast and thank joining you. the crazy world of podcasting. Yes, thank welcome. You. I think I could have played that gay or straight agenda thing forever. We really had a list of probably 50 things and had to <laughs> call it down. I want to do more games now. Yeah, we should bring back the games. Let us know if you like the games. Because earlier on, I I did do some games, some visual-based games. Um, again, <laughs> What the Hat from the Hats episode, one of my uh, favorite games were back You know, when we recorded in person, I brought a bag full of hats I had to the studio and uh, Alex Song had to say what kind of lesbian would wear that hat. So we'll we'll come up with some more appropriate games for the medium. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone still enjoyed. Part of the fun is using your imagination to visualize the things, but yes, yes. Maybe we'll do some more games. It's a fun time. But for now, we do have our regularly occurring seg. Yep. The listener question. Let's go. I keep finding myself in relationships with narcissists and emotionally abusive partners. So now I'm scared of any babe I meet in real life. I've always gay panicked when a hot babe hits on me. But currently the panic is a complete shutdown. I found that chatting to people on the other side of the world is soothing as I can't get hurt because I'm in Australia and they are all for some reason in America. And now I like this woman who has completely lost interest in me just when we were talking about meeting up and I even sent her a beautiful handmade package. I'm starting to worry that I have no more love luck left. I love myself, I go to therapy, and I have a wonderful life full of beautiful friends and amazing work, but I can't figure out why romance seems to be in the pits for the moment. Help. I'm going to diagnose you with a case of you thinking about it too much. Yeah, you're overthinking it. Yeah, it's, it's in your head, you're psyching yourself out. Relax. It will happen when it's meant to happen, when you're hyper-focused. And if you're like, oh, what's the problem? What's the problem? That's creating the problem, that line of thinking. And Mm -hmm. that's going to, that anxiety around uh, not having luck in love, like people can smell that from uh, across the world, apparently. Yeah, there's a difference between that anxiety and gay panic TM, you know? Yes, yes. Right. So, you know, good on you for trying to avoid narcissism. I mean, it sounds like a few things are are going on between you shutting down when someone hits on you. Um, but, you know, there's a way to to screen for narcissists and emotionally abusive people, I think. Uh, don't have enough time to get into what that yeah. <laughs> criteria is, but I'm sure there's a book on it or something or, Definitely you know, there's a Google. A meme. I'm sure there's all sorts of memes about, you know, five signs you're dating a narcissist or or whatever. Red flags to look for. Yeah, we have a whole red flags episode. Check that out. Yeah. I don't know. What what, what do you think? I think I mean, we're not going to continue to have these kind of bad faith Tinder searches from across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're on two extremes here. Right. Um, I'm sure that you are lovely, but if that person lost interest when you were talking about meeting up, 
they're probably talking to people yeah. on the other side of the world because they don't want to meet up. So spare yourself from that. But you can't blame them because you're kind of doing the same thing. Right, it, right. In a way. Um, yeah. So keep it local. Don't shut down because then you're not allowing the conversations in which you will mine for these red flags. Yeah. And don't let these narcissists from your past ruin your future. Just because things have happened in the past doesn't mean that you have to repeat those patterns. So don't, uh, you know, shut someone down before they even uh, have a chance to to show you what they're made of. Don't let the Che Diaz's of the world win. Yeah. And also, you make it sound like a lot of hot babes are, are hitting on you. So if, if you're not taking them, um, I'm sure we have other Aussie listeners who who would uh, we do. love a wing person. So yeah help a queer out now i'm like send a picture of yourself (laughs) (laughs) but yeah send a picture all right all right we gotta go if you have a question send it to us diking out at gmail.com and we will answer it more questions please we are making our way through our list and if you're a patron you go to the top of that list Follow us at Diking Out everywhere on social media. Follow Carolyn at TGI Carolyn. Follow Melody at Melody Kamali. Thanks so much for listening this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.